17 of the All the Books show recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, literary news, but every October we talk about Halloween at least once all the way through. That's right. So I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning, and joining us later is the queen of Halloween, Mm -hmm. Sally Jacoby Murphy. Yeah. This is her fifth time on the show. Yeah. We're pretty excited. Her reign has been a bloody reign. It has. We should say. It has, yeah. It was one that was started in blood, and that tradition has continued. Yes, it has. I I feel bad for all the siblings she used to have. Hmm. But you have to secure your your pumpkin crown, as you I'm said. I'm pretty sure she has a couple siblings left. I think one even listens yeah. to the podcast. So. Well, they're they're the dukes. I think his I think her brother's oh, the Duke of Halloween Duke of in Halloween. Scotland. That seems fine. And so they don't. That's not. I think that's more of like a no. You do that for um, no alliances. That's not, that's not threatening at all. So uh, we'll get into uh, we'll get into all the all the glory that is Halloween later in the episode. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you about the movies that I watch now because we'll talk about it with Sally. Okay. Uh, but let's jump into the old bookmark, buddy. What what have you been reading? You want me to go first? I got it right here. Uh, I've been reading the Institute. By Stephen King. Yeah. As I'm am about I. 200 pages into the Institute. Me too. Are you really? Yes. Are we on track like at the same? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's not incredibly compelling. Agreed. But I've been reading it in big chunks. Yeah. But I guess that's more Stephen King's like style of writing. I I'm I think I'm mostly at this point disappointed in the characters because I just don't feel like First of all, there's a lot. There's a lot in there's the a Institute. Lot of kid characters. Yeah, there are. And I'm just like, which is the one that we're following? And which we're, is, we're constantly because we keep meeting new characters, we there's this repetition of like, where yeah. am I? It's yeah. like, oh, can't you just say like, and we explained to them where right. they were. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like he's too big to have an editor, but yeah. he needs an editor. I would also say that um, you know, two hundred plus pages in, we've gone a little too far without more information about the plot. Yeah, because we've been in this holding pattern. Mm-hmm. The first, I wonder, would you say fifty pages are about a different character yeah. getting like a, a job as a night cop in some yeah. podunk town, and I was loving that. Yeah. I was all in for that. Yeah. Then we switched to the kids in the institute for the next like, you know, 200, 150 pages, uh-huh. and that to me has just been like, I feel like I know as much now as I did mm. one hundred and fifty pages ago. Yeah, that makes sense. So. I don't hate it. I like mm-hmm. Stephen King's writing enough to be enjoying it, but I am definitely ready to like put my foot on the gas <laughs> and get us moving. Um, I just feel like I'm reading it, and I guess I just don't know what the point... Like, I guess for Stephen King, you just write because that's what you do, mm-hmm. and you make money doing it, mm-hmm. but like, it doesn't read as anything that has like a point. I think at the point that we are now in the book, I would agree with you. I hope I have enough faith in Stephen King that I think by the end mm-hmm. we'll see that point. But it just I'm seems really hoping. fairly gen- generic, even for King, because like I mean, he's already done this with like Firestarter, yeah, and a, a bit of The Shining, yeah. And, and too, so it's just very much like I mean, kids being researched on, yeah. I mean, we've seen it a hundred hundred yeah. times, especially if you read comic books like uh, yeah. you and I do. Mm-hmm. So. It's just kind of like, was this was this a burning passion in you? But then, if it's not, how do you get six hundred pages of it? I don't understand yeah. Stephen King, the writer or the man, and I also don't understand what kids he's hanging out with. If this is how he <laughs> thinks. One of the characters is like, "What's the saying? I don't chew my cabbage twice." I'm like, yeah. "What saying is that? Who I, says that? That's, that's, that's a, a good saying." Point. I mean, we were gonna do a whole episode about this, so we probably are talking yeah. about this too much. But, right. Um, well, we're only not even we're a third in. Yeah. That's so. true. All right. Uh, I was going to say, too, that a lot of the references, I'm like, are we? is this set in the 90s? Is this it's set in so, the 80s? Yeah. Where are we? I it, don't know. He, You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Chris Claremont, because hmm. I just read all those Chris Claremont I read comics. some Chris Claremont. Yeah. And Claremont 
has very specific things he says that when you read them too close together, you start going a little crazy. And Stephen King seems like the same kind. Like, he has a certain way of writing kids that yeah. is unrealistic, but his style. So, I haven't minded the kids so much, but I do hate the, like, current real-world references. Yeah. Like, references to the current administration and, yeah. like, the political climate. Like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. You know? And also, yeah. like, that also really dates the book. You know, yeah. It sets it at a specific time, which I think is a mistake. But, yeah. um, again, I'm... Uh, I'm going to go the distance. I'm holding out hope. All right. Is that it for you? No. I okay. read... Uh, okay, what did I read? I read... Uh, Comic-wise, I'll try to keep things a little short. I read okay. Avengers Rage of Ultron. Interesting. Which is probably one of the best Ultron stories I've ever read. This was by Rick Remender. He might also be the only person who writes the Avengers in a way that I actually enjoy. So, it's just Ultron. He's He's got some father issues with uh, uh, Hank Pym. Uh, it, it was pretty good. So this, Marvel released a whole bunch of, like, original graphic novels a while ago that I just, like, skipped over. Okay. Um, but this is one of them. And so I read that. I really liked it. And then, uh, I read the X-Men one they had done called X-Men No More Humans. Was less successful. It's by Mike Carey, who's X-Men one I liked. But basically all the humans disappear and the X-Men deal with it, kind of. And everything goes back to normal. It was, like, it was too big of a concept to be done in, like, 90 pages. Okay. Um, and then... So, briefly, I'll just tell you what I... Oh, and I also read X-Men Worst X-Men Ever, where <laughs> this character, this kid, finds out he's a mutant, but his power is that he can explode. He can explode once, because he can't re-put himself right. back together. So, one time, he'll be able to just explode, and then he's just dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, it's like the worst power ever, because wow. he's basically a mutant, but he's also effectively a human, a right. regular human, because yeah. he can't ever use his power. Yeah. But it becomes this weird meta-commentary on, like, comic books and his, uh, continuity hmm. and everything. And then it doesn't really nail the ending. There's another character in there who's, like, too powerful. And, like, the, they're like, you can do all this stuff. She's like, I can't because there's this, like, meta-history and you mm. can't mess with it. So it's, like, a comment on characters who are not powerful enough and too powerful for, like, comic book continuity. That's bizarre. So it, that was strange. And then I am reading the titles. Uncanny Avengers, Extraordinary X-Men, All-New Wolverine... Old Man, Wolverine, Old Man Logan, Uncanny X-Men, and, oh, no, that's it. Okay. Those are the X-Men comics I'm reading. All right. I'm, the, in the order I'm reading them. I also read Umbrella Academy 3. Hmm. So I read, a, read a Umbrella Academy 1 and 2 just recently. Okay. But they had come out, like, 2004, I think was the first one, er, early 2000s, and then the second one came out in 2009 or 2010. And so the third one's 10 years since the last one. Mm -hmm. And the first two were really good. I was all in. But the third one is just a mess. Mm. Even the art... Who oh, is a 10-year jump. It's I the mean. same artist. It's also just kind of like... I don't understand. It's... I mean, I mean, don't you think it's a, yeah, a, I, a cash-in on the Netflix show? A little bit. I mean, <laughs> they, they always had this... I guess you just can't write a story once every 10 years right. and expect the quality to remain the same. Mm -hmm. It. I wasn't the only one on like Goodreads feeling this way, but... Uh, I feel bad for people who've been reading it since the beginning, yeah. who have to wait all these times, right. but for somebody who, like, the the gap between the second and the third book for me was a few months, I and mean, it's just, it was it was disappointing, and I'm not really looking forward to the fourth one in ten years. Yeah. So, I, so I, I've not read any of the Umbrella Academies. Uh, it's written by Gerard Way, mm -hmm. who, uh, of my chemical romance fame. I met him at a conference a few years back when he was doing the DC Young Animal mm -hmm. line, and so I, at that conference I read his first volume of Doom Patrol, mm -hmm. which was nuts. I, yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy it. The first the first two Umbrella Academies, they were really cool, and I really liked them and would suggest them, and I want to watch the show and everything, but yeah, I, 
it was just none of the characters are together. It's all very short. It was just it was a slog to read. Okay. So. Well, um, for me, I mean, I've been working through Stephen King's The Institute, so I don't have a finished novel since uh, last week because that's, mm. that's a big monster. Yeah. Um, I did read some fun graphic novels that I want to mention. I read Superman Volume 3 Multiplicity, uh, not based on the Michael Keaton movie, unfortunately. So it's not Michael Keaton. You know, if it was, that'd be kind of like a the yeah. 90s Batman Superman that's movie true. we always wanted. We did want yeah. that. But it is about like multiple versions of Superman coming together, and you'd think I'd love that. I didn't. Oh. Um, I read uh, Marvel Masterworks... X-Men Volume 7, specifically Steve Englehart's uh, Run on Beast. Beast. Yeah. Um, I did that because, as, as uh, long-time listeners will remember, we interviewed Steve Englehart a few weeks back about Batman. About Batman, yeah. And so I've read basically all of his And Green Lantern. That's considering true. Considering how, how, how deep you are in the Lantern lore I've read these basically days. all of his uh, DC stuff. Right. Um, and I've read very little of his Marvel stuff. He's I'd got read a lot, his, yeah. I'd read his Fantastic Four when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I read this X-Men uh, set... Uh, before I listened to the interview that you and Hillary ah, did, yeah. um, after we interviewed uh, Steve Englehart on Batman Day, he did a sit-down with Eric and Hillary over on the Previously on X-Men yeah. podcast, and they talked about his time when he was basically the only X-Men writer that there was. Yeah, like, he was X-Men writing... was canceled. Mm-hmm. Beast was a solo character, had his own like six issues, yeah. and then he was an Avenger. And yeah. then like you wanted to read the X Men, you had to maybe pick up the Defenders, you had to pick up the Avengers, yeah. but that was it to get. So your... like for this weird period, it was like no X Men unless yeah. Steve Englehart felt like tossing him into yeah. whatever he was working on, and he frequently did. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, luckily enough, so I read Beast, and it's a cool run. It really does feel more like a, a monster movie than the X Men, mm-hmm. but I'm 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 in for it. Yeah, so I like that. <laughs> um, go back and check out our Steve Englehart episode if you haven't heard that. And pop over to previously on X-Men to listen to the work specifically on his Beast run. And then finally, uh, I was at a a comic book store in PA over the weekend. We were at Jellystone Park, Mm -hmm. uh, annual tradition. And I picked up a couple, including the uh, uh, graphic novelization of Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. (laughs) So uh, not something I would have picked up if it hadn't been in a 50-cent box, but... uh, I really liked it. It, okay. was, it was a good adaptation. And then I also picked up Secret Avengers, yeah. Mission to Mars. I read that. Um, so yeah, so I, that, that's I'm reading those right now. Reading the Institute, uh, and I have my shelf of two read is growing. So I got to get through mm. this. Uh, I got to get through the Institute quickly because I got a lot of things I want to get to. Secret Avengers being uh, Ed Brubaker. It was it was fun. There's a uh, there's other se- other runs of this series that I enjoyed more. You know what? Recommender. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. Yep. So I guess that's it. Um, I like the artist, uh, Diodato, uh-huh. or however you say that last name. Um, but I th- looking at it now, I'm like, oh, I don't remember how much I liked it in this. He has a darker style. You three I like started. his work You three started. You said yeah. that it was too Steve Rogers focused. You wanted more of the other characters. That's true. I did. That's what you said. Yeah, I'm one of the only people who's like, more Moon Knight. Yeah, that's true. And who's that? Is that? Oh, that's War Machine. Yep. And Valkyrie? Huh. Yeah. I seem and, to have been complaining. And Beast. And yeah. Beast. And Beast, like, which yeah. is Beast as an Avenger is only because of our friend Steve Englehart. That's so true, that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty interesting. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, so reading the Institute, reading mm-hmm. uh, Secret Avengers, and, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I, think, I think we ought to dive in with the Queen of Halloween. Are you ready? Well, Eric, the leaves are changing. Everything's pumpkin spice flavored. They're already starting to put out Christmas ornaments, so you know what that means. You don't know? If Christmas order, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah, sorry. That's right, it's Halloween. I, I guess I thought there was going to be more. Did I, I throw I, you I, with No, the I guess I, in my heart I heard a dot, dot, but. But oh, I should have okay. known better. Okay, I yeah. guess you were going to dive in. I thought you were going to dive in with that. Okay. As our, our, it's Halloween! Uh, yeah. As our resident Halloween guy, which is your title. 
Yeah, Halloween you know, guy. Halloween guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you and I can sit here and talk Halloween all the time. That's true. But we, we need an expert in the house. So for the fifth time, as we've just realized, uh, we're pleased to welcome the queen of Halloween herself, uh, Sally Jacoby Murphy. Sally, welcome. Oh, that was Sally, everybody. You might have thought a ghost was just passing by and saw its team winning a football game or something. No, that was Sally. It was kind of an excited ghost. Now, normally we're together uh, hanging in my office when we do this. Last Mm -hmm. year we had to record at Eric's house. This year, Eric and I are in my office. And Sally is where, Sally? I am in Hammondsport, New York. Mm. Ah, there are technically our rivals. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, akin to colleges. <laughs> yeah, libraries do have rival. That's true. Uh, branches. Yeah, the David A. Howe softball team often plays yep. up against the uh, Hammondsport. Hammondsport sucks. Willsville yeah. rules. <laughs> well, that would be a weak softball team. You think it would? Well, I do. You <laughs> do think it would? <laughs> is, is that a uh, is that a dig at librarians not having yeah, that's, upper body? That's strength? what you call smack talk. <laughs> <laughs> not all librarians, Eric. Just specifically you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're burying the lead here. Sally's in Hammondsport because she's joining the fold. Uh, Sally is is the newly appointed director of the Hammondsport Library. Hallie, Sally, what's is it? Fred and Harriet. What what is it? What's the name of that library? The Fred and Harriet Taylor Memorial Library. Taylor Memorial. Okay, that's what I thought. I love that library. It's uh, we we do the Directors Advisory Council meetings there. Usually, when the weather's nice, we'll do maybe one a year or so. But uh, I I love that library. It's a, it's a new cool building. I love that nice courtyard. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna do great there. Are you are you excited? I am excited. I am very excited. This is so I'm leaving higher ed to do this, which yeah. is a different ball game. Yeah. I get to use a lot of my programming skills, and this is just the most beautiful place I could possibly imagine. So. Agree, I agree. So in this, I am excited. And, and just for everybody else's context here, so so you're still uh, out of state right now, but you've been in Hammondsport for the last week, basically on a crash course of uh, library director yes. training. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. And it seems like you've been pretty hopping with uh, community events and orientation, and learning the ropes, and getting the lay of the land. It seems like they've uh, they've had you they've had you on the move. They really have. They've paid for more meals than I could possibly. <laughs> um, and I've met everybody in town. Wow. It feels feel more girlsy, uh-huh. um, which is fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I actually just met with this school librarian who seems, oh. and we're going to do some cool collaborations. So it's good stuff. That's not, and every like everywhere you turn in Hammondsport is scenic. There's like not a bad That's view. True. So and That's true. everywhere you look, there is a hand to hold on. A hand to, to hold on to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that Full House? Are you thinking, do you think it's Handsman Port? I, I think you might. I think you no, might. it's Full House. Oh, the Full There's House. There's a heart, a hand to hold on to. Yep, that's San Francisco, okay. though. Sally's, right. Sally's not yeah. in San Francisco. All right, well, you've been so you've been so busy, Sally. It begs the question, has this... Whatever has happened this? to predictability? <laughs> well, I, I knew you were going to interrupt me at an inopportune time, so I was able to that's predict true. that. Um, has, has your busy schedule as of late affected your Halloween season? That's That's my question. Mm. That's a great question. Thank you. So I think, <laughs> so I think coming to Hammondsport has actually saved it in a way. Really? Oh. I've had some time to breathe, and also I would say that while North Carolina tries to deliver a good Halloween, it just doesn't. Mm. And so being Whoa. up here with the leaves changing, yeah. and got great decoration. Well, who experienced Halloween in Jacksonville, Florida? I could tell you, you actually don't need the leaves to change or the temperature to drop to enjoy Halloween. Hmm. You can have a very warm Halloween and just hand out candy and your shorts and t-shirt. And you know what? 68 degrees is pretty decent trick-or-treat weather. I fully disagree. 
I yeah, I, feel, I think that you're you've got some Stockholm syndrome going on there. Yeah, wow. maybe. I, I yeah. do not believe that that is true. Well, <laughs> Sally, we have some unfinished business from last year, and I don't know if, I don't know if you'll recall this, but uh, you made a pretty bold promise uh, last year that you would know much more about The Walking Dead, the AMC show, The Walking Dead. <laughs> Uh, this Hello. year, and would have more to report on. So, do you have more to report on The Walking Please Dead? Please start describing all eight seasons. <laughs> uh, I got to season five, oh. and then I and then I quit. So, okay. that's, that's further than I, I, I did got. get somewhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I mean, Eric. Eric's read every issue of that. For I've read all the comics, but I've only watched the pilot for the show. Interesting. No, I oh, watched gotcha. the second episode because the second episode was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, first season, yeah. first episode was like, this is just like the comic. I love it. I, Second episode, I'm like, ew. I feel like last year, yeah. Sally, you, yeah. you'd maybe watch the first two seasons. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Because okay. I had to rewatch some of what I'd already seen. Mm, okay. And so, so I got further. Are you a fan? Further. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Well, she left it. I like it. I like it better than the first time I liked it. Okay. Which <laughs> I will say, I delved a little bit more into zombies, which is not my thing. Yeah. What is that true? A, a good, yeah, that's super true. Um, we but, covered all this last year. Yeah, because because last year, last year Sally's uh, Sally's Halloween focus was um, oh, what do you call it? Body body horror. Body, body horror. horror. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, and you had you had that reaction, and then she said she didn't like zombies, and you were like, but they're the ultimate body horror. So yeah. that's kind of where we uh, listen. I just apart. played. I just started playing Luigi's Mansion last yeah. night. And the first boss you deal with is a baby ghost. Yeah, baby ghost. And even though it's a Nintendo yeah. baby ghost, so it's kind of like fun, yeah. still too dark for yeah, me. Yeah, a little dark. That baby's, I'm like, mm. I'm dealing with a baby ghost, a which baby means ghost. this was a baby that is now a ghost. Last year you were playing through the Resident Evil games. Yeah. How, do, how do they compare to Luigi's Mansion? They're, they're surprisingly similar. Interesting. I just played Resident Evil Zero a couple of weeks ago, and then going to Luigi's... I mean, they both take place in a mansion. Huh. You're, you're underprepared for what you're dealing with. Okay. It's... It has a surprising amount in common. All right. <laughs> Sally, does your Halloween have a theme this year? I would say we're going more witches this year. Witches? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Interesting. Sarah and I have been watching the Sabrina, the yeah. Adventures of Sabrina, uh -huh. um, which I love. It's okay. great. Um, I've never been into the Archie stuff very much. I watched a little bit of the like 90s version of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, Melissa yeah. Joan Hart, yeah. Yes, which is quite a bit great in its own way. But I like, <laughs> if I like I remember the dark right, Yeah, if I remember right, Melissa Joan Hart rarely, if, if ever, invoked the name of Satan. But yeah, I think that a lot less new, hail Satan in uh, the I think TGIF the new one probably Sabrina. does a little bit more. Yes. So, okay. Yes. All right. All right. So sometimes, sometimes well and sometimes a little hokey. Mm -hmm. But I actually like it. I like the dark turn. I think it's great. And so that got us into like a kick of a lot of witch stuff. So okay. we watched. Practical Magic, mm -hmm. which yeah. is a great old classic, which yeah. I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've also, or I also reread Macbeth recently. Um, oh, and then Macbeth. partly because of Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, because the weird sisters are in that, and that kind of made me want to reread that. Nice. Um, and then we also did, I also just did a program for my students, and we watched Halloween Town, which is like a cheesy yes. kid. The Disney Channel so original movie. 
Yeah, but I'm a sucker for like Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town or something. Mm. So yeah, I've been on sort of a witch's kick. A witch's kick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds like a Halloween like cocktail. You yeah. know, like a little <laughs> witch's kick. Like, give me a virgin witch's kick, which yeah. is which is basically just Hawaiian punch, if I remember. Right That's now, correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, my Halloween my Halloween does not have a theme so far. I feel like I've been dropping the ball Halloween wise because usually I'll read a couple of books. The only Halloween esque book I'm reading right now. Besides mm-hmm. World War Z, which we'll get into in a minute, is The mm-hmm. Institute by Stephen King, Buh. which is decidedly mm-hmm. not scary. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. or great. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. I would, more on that later. But yeah, Eric and I are, uh, this is our, our continuing tradition of reading a Stephen King. Last year we read The Dead Zone and we're pretty like meh about yeah, it. that was disappointing. And I'm kind of feeling this way. So next year I think we just need to lock in Christine and really do Christine. it. Christine. Yeah. So I, I'm reading The Institute. Uh, we watched a few movies for, for the Halloween team this year. Sal, you got to catch up. Uh, the first one we watched was The Terror, which is a Jack Nicholson, uh, Boris Karloff movie, which is just banana cakes. It's really, it's, I don't know, it's it's sort of it's sort of spooky, but more you're just spending the whole time being like, what is happening? It's also the only movie Francis Ford Coppola and Jack Nicholson are even part of together. Yeah. I looked up, I, was, I just typed into Google, Francis Ford Coppola and Jack Nicholson, and that was the only movie to come up. Yeah. I, I could have swore they must have would have crossed paths again. Yeah. Never. <laughs> it's uh, it's one that's dropped into the public domain, so it's super easy to find. So I, I think it's worth, I mean, it's probably, what, an hour, 20 minutes? Maybe a Criterion Collection will yeah. get to it sometime. <laughs> Def- definitely worth the time to check that one out. Uh, and then we watched, what was that one we watched on Netflix based on the Stephen King Joe Hill? In the Tall, the tall grass. grass. Not the oh, Long Grass. Boy. So there's no Lost World references, which for an hour and a half made me very unhappy. Yeah. And no one's like, don't go into the Long Grass! Yeah. Are you familiar with this, Sally? Is this is the one that's newly on Netflix? Yes. Newly on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen I've seen advertisements for it. So but I... it's based on a short story by Stephen King and Joe Hill that's pretty recent. Yeah. I was actually I was at a, the coffee shop and somebody saw me reading an institute and they're like, oh, I just read something like in the tall grass or something yeah. really bizarre. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard of this. Yeah. And there it was just on Netflix. Yeah. The the biggest name in the movie is Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the level of celebrity you're dealing with. Yeah. Everybody else is pretty much a no-name, I think. Wow, really taking it to Patrick Wilson. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what do you know Patrick Wilson from? I guess Aquaman. Orm? Aquaman yeah, but... for an Aquaman. He yeah. was in that movie we watched, the spaceship, Space I, I Station mean, I, 77. He, he's a low-watt celebrity, yeah. definitely. I've seen him in a lot of things, but yeah. yeah. Uh, it, that's a trippy movie as well. That was... Space Station 77? Yes, it is. But oh, no, yeah. I mean in the tall grass. Oh, yeah. Long grass. Tall grass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Long tall Sally, grass. Sally, <laughs> uh, since you weren't there, uh, you did miss Nick getting off the couch and just walking away and looking off into the dining room on his phone, not watching the movie. No regrets. <laughs> and, in fact, I had even turned around and just hung my head over the couch in yeah. order to not watch. Like because, a basset hound. Yeah. Like a sad dog whose master just went away for a weekend trip. And our wives were just sitting there watching it, like, you guys should watch the movie. And I can just hear crunching sounds. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we rallied. I don't know. I think it was... It wasn't It wasn't too bad, but no. there was a moment where things got real trippy yeah. and real dark. Yeah. And to a point where I was like, I know what's happening. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. it's worth the watch. Was it, you, know. you weren't watching because it was scary or you weren't watching because no. you were bored? I was... No, no I no, wasn't no. watching because it was gross yeah, it got, and dark. Yeah, it got upsetting. Yeah. The, uh, my wife Kendra was like, "What's happening?" I was like, "This is what's happening." She's like, "Ew!" I'm like, "Goodbye." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it uh, yeah. it it gets pretty oh, bizarro. It does. But then it kind of it's fine. Yeah. And it has kind of a depressing ending. It's another one where like it ends and there's a lot of things to discuss and think like, well, what did that mean and how does this connect? And so, you know, it was an interesting <laughs> watch, but 
That's yeah. pretty much it for me, Halloween-wise. Mm. That and lots of children's books with my son. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> Any highlights? Oh, boy. Highlights this year? Uh, well, we watched the Garfield Halloween special, which is an old-school favorite of mine. Right. Oh, uh, I love that. <laughs> I know. It's so good. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Um, he likes Clifford's Halloween. He likes mm -hmm. Little Critter Halloween. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've, we've made the rounds. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Anything big in halloween -y? Uh, Me and my wife... Uh, Hulu had released all the What We Do in the Shadows TV show, oh, yeah. all 10 episodes, yeah. but we've been saving them for October. But then nice. we watched them in like three days. Mm. Uh, not as funny as the movie, in my opinion. It, it never really uh, got to that level. Once or twice it did something funny that I was like, oh, that's really clever. But uh, my wife liked it a lot more than me. Okay. Worth, hmm. worth watching, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. maybe it would have been better on like a weekly basis mm -hmm. instead of just binging it all. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but it didn't make me... I was still like, oh, I gotta watch the movie that, still. That movie is fantastic. Yeah, me and my wife have been I watching really what we do movie. in the shadows every Halloween, and it's just been one that like every year is. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, anything else? Great cast in that. Uh, you doing any other doing any other Halloween reading besides? Besides the Institute, I thought I was. I guess I'm not. Okay. I do have like one more because the Walking Dead series, the comic ended. Okay. So I should I should just do that. I should just grab the last yeah, volume really, and definitely. read that before. Uh, before this is over. Sally, do you have anything specially in the hopper to watch before Halloween? Well, my, I really want to watch Midsummer. Ah, uh, we just got our copy of that here at the library. Oh, did you? Go ahead and put Excellent. it on hold. It's still there. <laughs> that, would, that would be great. Um, yeah, no, so it's by the same people who did Hereditary, ah. um, which is one of the scariest movies I have seen in the last... Yeah, no thanks. Sally, I don't know if... Uh, yeah. If you've already heard this, but my wife's brother, my brother-in-law and uh, their cousin, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they watch scary movies all the time. And they watched Hereditary, and mm -hmm. as soon as they were done, like, they just had to put on The Office for, like, six hours yeah. because they could not <laughs> sleep afterwards. They said it w it really messed them up for a little bit. They talked about that yeah. in the, they, they did the podcast Nostalgia Me This. They did an episode where they talked quite a yeah, bit about Hereditary, that. Yeah, like, Hereditary, no, they, they, they also agree with you. It's one of the scariest movies they've ever seen. Yeah, it's something happens about twenty minutes in that like shakes. Twenty you minutes in, <laughs> and you do not let go of it. No. Okay. No, that's so, that's a, no, no. Thank you. All right. So you got yeah. Midsummer. What else? What else you got on the list? Well, most of them after that are going to be. So they're doing this is this is not Halloweeny. Well, I guess it kind of is. So I'm a huge fan of the often ignored genre of Christmas horror. And <laughs> That season is about to start up, and this year there's a couple of things coming out. Top of what I'm excited about is Black Christmas, which oh, yeah. is technically a remake, although it looks like a very liberal remake of... It's a new one? ...the 1970s and then in early 2000s. Yeah, I remember the early 2000s one. That has uh, Lacey Chambray, or however you say her last name. Oh, from Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm stoked about those. The third oh. Black Christmas, okay. Hmm. Uh, Sally, I don't know if you've heard of this movie. I wanted to watch it during Halloween, but it's actually a Christmas one. It's called Anna and the Apocalypse. It is a zombie... Oh. It's a zombie Christmas musical. Yes, I've seen part of that, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I was going to watch it this anything. month, but it seems very Christmassy, so I'm going to save it. Did you like what you saw of it, Sally? I did. I don't even... I'm trying to remember why I would have only seen part of it, but... Maybe I... you were like, this is too Christmassy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's on Netflix too right now though, right? Oh, I don't know. I got the DVD for the library, so. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Maybe Maybe it. I'm confusing it. But anyway. Yeah. Cool. I got, uh, yeah. I've got 
Lost Boys on the list oh, yeah. to watch. I haven't decided if it's my Halloween mm-hmm. group pick or if I'm just going to watch it on my own. Well, I, I would also really like to see Dr. Sleep. They're doing like a one night oh, yeah. like pre-Halloween screening that I would love to go to. But I think it opens wide like November 8th or something. But I, I do want to see that. Are you interested in that one, Eric? I don't know. Dr. Sleep was so much of him just going to AA meetings. Yeah. I mean, but it's I mean, it looks like it's really tied to the, uh, the, to shining, the, to the shining film. Yeah, yeah, the Kubrick film. Have you seen previews for this, Sally? Doctor Sleep. I have. I mean, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it because I yeah. love the thing. It seems like it gets a little supernatural though, and I'm super not into that. There's <laughs> like, well, not for the Shining. I don't like that. It, there's uh, vampires in it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is, I mean, The Shining itself is supernatural, and I know that that's the connection to this film is that yeah. idea of The Shining. But I yeah, don't like va- I don't like that they bring vampires into it. I. Want- <laughs> It's a strange yeah, well, it's a strange concept because the book was a sequel to the book and the, because the movie is yeah. so different but the movie And I don't like the book. Sequel, so. <laughs> but the movie's a sequel to the movie The Shining. Right. Uh, oh, interesting. And Stephen King didn't like this. So it's just, it's kind of funny. Yeah, but, the, but I'm curious because both the Kubrick estate and Stephen King have, have given the thumbs up to this movie, yeah. which is rare. Listen, if somebody yeah. offered me a check, I'd also be, I don't I'd know, also I don't sign know if off. Stephen King would, though. I, I mean, he's, yeah. he's been so vocal about not liking that movie. I just, yeah. I just don't see him doing that. It's kind of, I mean, yes, technically they are vampires in Doctor Sleep, but they're, they're, they're feeding off the Shining. It's not like they're just traditional vampires. Yeah. Shining mm-hmm. vampires. Like uh, in the I don't Twilight. Know. Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I just. <laughs> so I mean, I mean the... I'll I'll watch it for sure. The so. book is the book is interesting. It's it's also a bit of a I don't know. It's kind of a mess. A slog sometimes. In some ways, yeah. it, it doesn't like there are, there are like there's all the stuff with Danny Torrance. Like growing up, Danny Torrance, and then all the stuff with Abra. Uh, who's kind of the primary character of Dr. Sleep. And there's a real disconnect, I feel like. Those are two separate books kind of mashed together. And and sometimes that works, and sometimes you're just like, okay, can we skip ahead? To its credit, I am now trying to convince my wife to name a daughter Abra. Huh. So she hasn't hasn't gone for it. She hasn't signed off on it. Has she read the book? (laughs) No, but she has played Pokemon. Huh. There's a Pokemon called Abra okay. that evolves to Kadabra, okay. and then they evolve to Alagazam. Uh-huh. But they own, Kadabra like only becomes Alagazam if you trade Kadabra to somebody else's Pokemon game. Mm. It's tricky. There are four Pokemon in the game that will only evolve to their third form if you do a, a trade via the uh, Game Boy Link. Game you Boy. have just increased my knowledge of Pokemon tenfold <laughs> with that one sentence. So, Sally, you're into witches, but you haven't done... You, you were trying to do some zombies. Did you watch Night of the Living Dead yet? Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen Night of the Living Dead before, but oh, I okay. actually did rewatch it just Night, this week. Night of the um, Living Dead, they released it onto Blu-ray. Criterion Collection uh, mm-hmm. did, a, did a version of it, so I grabbed I grabbed that copy. So I, I still have to watch that this Halloween because, uh, like uh, The Terror, Night of the Living Dead has been in public domain forever. So mm-hmm. the only copy I ever owned was a dollar thin case mm-hmm. copy that yeah. I had bought from Walmart like years ago. And so Criterion like cleaned everything up, cleaned up the audio. So I'm excited because if, if you if you've seen it, then you know that like a lot of the dialogue got real mumbly uh, mm-hmm. at times. So I'm excited to see how they've. Uh, that's a well. Back that's up. a well done movie. It's an upsetting movie. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and you watched it with the riff tracks. I did. Yeah, you and didn't I really watch it straight. No, I know. Well, I guess I didn't realize that it was like a, a classic. Like I just thought, mm-hmm. you know, it was just. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was the same thing. I it, thought this was it, just uh, like. A riff track zombie movie. No, Night of the Living Dead birthed the zombie genre that wow. you know. 
because uh, yeah. until then it, they were all basically any zombies you saw were basically like magic voodoo based, mm. and so like weekend at Bernie's too. Yeah, like weekends. Mm. Of, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They turned so, him into a magic voodoo zombie. After Night of the no. Living Dead, zombies became like corpses reanimated uh, out to eat human flesh. Okay. Mindless. Hmm. Kind of so. Well, speaking of zombies, let's turn our attention to World War Z. Oh, that's right. Uh, so this this is our this is our Halloween book club here in the library. Sally also joined in and read it as well. Um, Eric has a longer history with this book than either Sally or I. Hi, everybody. And yeah, this is Eric, Halloween guy. <laughs> And so I thought we could talk Why a little bit Sally, about... Why is Sally queen of Halloween and I'm Halloween guy? I know. It's like I'm her yeah. sidekick who's still waiting for my real superhero yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Halloween yeah. guy, but someday I'll be Halloween man. Well, you made the point last year that you felt you at least deserved some sort of, like, titled, if not official, in like, yeah. in the line of succession this is kind of ha- This is our fifth... This is Halloween now five. Like the Duke of Halloween. And I still haven't received one. It's fine. Also, Sally, if this is Halloween... If this is Halloween now five... And we were following mm-hmm. like the Nightmare on Elm Street Jason films. What what can we kind of expect from the rest of this episode? Well, a lot of rehashed mm-hmm. uh, plot lines that we've already seen before. We, we did talk we about have, some things that we've already we've talked about. We've covered before. multiple okay. things Which, for multiple times. Right. <laughs> Which actually seems like it's working out pretty well. Right. Okay. I, I agree, yeah. Uh, definitely whoever's making out is going to get killed, though. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Boy. Roger. <laughs> Uh, and which which episode, do, which uh, Halloween now, do we have to worry about all the books going to hell? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think we're beyond that. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, yikes. Okay, jeez. that's scary. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to Halloween, uh, Halloween now X, when we can be in space. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Resurrect the podcast in space. No, because you don't like space-based Halloween. We, we discovered that's that. That's true. We but Jason that. X, they bring Jason back into the future and he's on like a space station uh-huh. i'd be okay with that, that sounds kind of fun who would be our rival if we did uh for our freddy versus jason hammondsport i guess oh Sally, yeah sally's already thrown down the gauntlet <laughs> yeah all right yeah Enough we might be like one ahead on that account but yeah sorry everybody about this halloween now five no we i are, think it is it is redundant i but think you needed to do it we got to keep the copyright okay so let's um <laughs> sally why don't you start what was your history with world war z have you seen the movie played the game read the book read any of the supplemental books i can guess how sally has not played the game I have not played the game. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, I really I'd only seen the movie. Okay. So I mean, I'm familiar ish with the zombie um genre mm-hmm. and so World War Z was on my radar when it came out not long ago. Um and then when the film came out, I was really excited because I knew it would be scarier than most zombie films. And it was. I enjoyed the m- movie a lot. I think just making zombies move fast goes a lot. Mm-hmm. But before the book, that was really it. Okay, yeah, pretty much the same with me. Um, I just I was I was familiar with it really. I think just from working in libraries because it's it's not really my jam. And then when the movie came out, Eric and I went to see it together, and I loved it. I thought the movie was great, but of course I didn't have any source material to compare it to. And now that I do, well, you're a huge Matthew Fox fan. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. But now that I do, it's funny just how like did they just like the title World War Z because it's yeah. not. I mean, it's not an adaptation in any way, so it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I found the book interesting, but it's not been something that I've like lived with. So, Eric, what about you? Uh, so, in like 2006, okay. I read the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks, and that's kind of like a supplement to this, right? I mean, yeah, I think of... it came out after, okay, uh, because they they talk about it, and or I remember in the back of the book they mentioned World War Z, and I okay. just. I wasn't into that because it was 
World War Z was like the the history of the zombie war and everything, and I was like, I want something real, like the zombie survival guide, right. which was super in depth about all the places, uh, all the types of terrain and the type of zombies you're gonna have to deal with and weapons and all this stuff. I just ate it up, mm. uh, read it every night before I went to bed and had my plans. My apartment, the one I lived in uh, before I went to college, I was ready to turn that thing into a zombie uh, survival shelter. Wow. But, this does not shock me. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, it was a simpler time when I had less to worry about mm-hmm. in life. <laughs> just you and the Green Arrow, just living yep. your best life. <laughs> um, and so when I was in college in 2008, I picked up the copy of World World War Z, and I read it over the summer. And um, I also ate it up because uh, it's, um, for people who haven't read it, it's it's told as in the, the main character of the story is going to survivors of the zombie war. The zombies have already ro- rose up, have destroyed the world, and so now they the humans finally fought back and took back most of the world. And mm-hmm. so now the main character is going and interviewing people about how, what they did during the zombie apocalypse and how they survived and all that. Um, and so I, like, I really ate up that style because I thought it was really unique. And... Uh, have you played the game? No, the game's fairly recent. Okay. The game's so recent, it's confusing because it's years after the movie and like a decade mm-hmm. after the book. So it's just everybody's just kind of like, huh. And it seems like it's an okay game. Okay. I have played Left 4 Dead, which uh, you could basically make into the okay. World War Z book. But then, yeah, I saw the movie with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it for okay. the most part. I mean, I was disappointed because I, I knew going in that it wasn't going to be. There's some story elements from the book that like there's some places we go to mm-hmm. that you kind of get some elements from World War Z, but there's none of like the the big battle in the book where right. like the guy takes the helicopter. But <laughs> I mean, the book is a lot of things just don't work out for people. Yeah. So everything that you think is going to be this heroic moment ends up killing a lot of people. <laughs> well, let's talk just briefly about the movie, and then we'll, then we'll move into the, the meteor discussion on the book. But meteor. So again, coming in totally blind, I I was really I found the movie very compelling. I thought the way that they made the like the zombie horde move and look like um, like bees, you know, just kind of like this quick moving swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really effective. Um, I love the third act when they're in the CDC, that whole thing, which was a late addition, right? That's a reshoot. That was a reshoot, it? yeah. yeah. They, everything was falling apart with the movie. Uh, all the behind the scenes stuff was pretty like, oh boy, this is going to be crap. And so, yeah, they reshot everything to do a smaller scale mm-hmm. Uh, creepier, ending. which I think was really effective. And Eric mentioned Matthew Fox earlier, and that's <laughs> Matthew Fox plays the the paratrooper who comes and kind of rescues them early on. He's not even named. No, he's not named. They cut out all his roles because it had an alternative ending with his character almost being like a villain, yeah. setting up a sequel. Yeah. So like, let's not do this. Yeah. So, and they've been talking about doing a sequel for the movie forever. Right. So, is Brad Pitt like attached? Is that I don't know. That's... I can't even remember the director that was attached okay. anymore. So Sally, I mean, you, you said you found the movie scary. I mean, scary, as scary as I find any zombie movie, I should okay. say. But I think I think you have it right when you say they swarm like bees. That's what it reminds me of. And there's just that one scene where they're climbing over, is it yes. that's enclosed? And they're climbing over that tower. And I just think that's an image that is it just sticks with you. Yeah. Because how terrifying is that? Yeah, but, it's, it's funny to know all the, like horror stories of of the production of that movie how flawed and messed up it was because Mm -hmm. the end result to me feels pretty cohesive and and like a good you know rewarding movies i i think it's great so i actually actually have matthew fox on the line he has an opinion about that (laughs) my wife hates zombies and i was like no we gotta watch this movie and so she and i actually watched it a few years back and she liked it as well so i Mm -hmm. think it's i think it kind of um 
it transcends the genre in some ways because I think there's a lot, whether you're a zombie fan or not, there's a lot that you can find in the movie. I think probably if you are a hardcore zombie fan, you probably maybe walk away a little disappointed. Because well, it, I mean, it's a... Uh, I think it's a PG-13 zombie movie. Yes, yeah. So you're, it's, it's not toothless, but, I mean, you're not having to deal with some of the things you might not like about zombies yeah. in the other types of films. Yeah. So if some people tend to get more like swarmed and tackled by the zombies and then you know what happens right. rather than watching what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. So less body horror and more uh, just a lot of I mean it's more of a natural disaster yeah, film. Yeah. It's it's more like a thriller, you know. Because the because the zombies move in their swarm and so they they act more like a wave. Mm-hmm. So like when Brad Pitt is running through Jerusalem and there's a zombie wave behind him, it's not too different than watching like uh, 2012 or the day uh, day after tomorrow when That's the water's true. pouring yeah. in New York uh, except it's just you know people the water's people right right yeah no that's a good point though because I do enjoy national disaster films although mm-hmm. they're scarier as that reality is maybe because right. well yeah, I think seriously. That, I mean that might but... be why the movie works then in that way because you're not yeah. you know not everybody likes zombie movies a lot more people probably like the you know natural disaster, disaster big, yeah. big budget disaster movies mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah any with anything with the rock in it i was just gonna say how is the rock not in the world war z <laughs> yeah. sequel yeah. <laughs> maybe he will be maybe that's true that's true i mean that's kind of his thing now right he just shows up for yeah. sequels yeah well he just did like san andrea fault so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, all right, so the book, the book. So you you read this. You, Eric, you say you read the survival guide first, and then you went to the book. Mm-hmm. Why was it so like engaging for you? Why, the book? Is, it, why is it one that stuck with you so much? Uh, well, I mean, it was the it was definitely the format. A lot of times, like I'm like uh, like the book Hyperion by Dan Simmons, where I was like kind of shaken by surprised by the format about how it was telling all these different stories and different genres in this one book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of felt like it was the same thing going on with World War Z, where we're getting all these like great kind of short stories in this one book um you know some are stronger than others but uh i guess you know i remember the stronger ones uh better okay and so and it just kind of like the the beginning of the zombie apocalypse i found compelling there was the boy in japan uh who had to like climb down his own tower and everything uh in the big battles it was just it was a very like boots on the ground kind of uh retelling i think and so and i just i just found his i don't know if everybody and everybody will agree with this but i kind of found the whole the people being interviewed seemed convincing yeah. as in people being interviewed like this really you know this happened yeah well that that was going to be my first comment really was that it's almost like it's just so realistic i mean mm-hmm. it just feels like you're reading like a, you know a world war Two. Right. you know interview because it because it is like the detail is so rich mm-hmm. um that it that it's very if you, you know sometimes it really feels like just a news report mm-hmm. you know and to be able to to be able to hit that so consistently and stay with it for an entire book i think mm-hmm. it like speaks to uh the the skill that it takes to do that to world war z came out in 2006 i read it in 2008 even at that point i kind of felt like we still hadn't reached peak zombie mm-hmm. in terms of the the popular zeitgeist and everything so like all these stories kind of taking more of a realistic ongoing look at like a zombie apocalypse yeah. like walking dead the comic or uh uh world war z um and a few other things it like that's that stuff was still very compelling mm-hmm. and now you know everybody's done their their zombie apocalypse so anyway 
Oh, nothing. I thought Sally started to say something, so I didn't want to jump on her. No. Okay. I, I did not start to say something. But okay, sorry. <laughs> I agree with all of that. Um, my one biggest complaint slash, like, thing that I felt like was kind of not realistic was how many men are interviewed and how few women. Mm. I was like, oh, this is clearly a book written by a man where there's there's a world where there are two women in charge of anything in the world. (laughs) I was trying to remember. Yeah, there's the woman who, uh, I can't remember how she gets on it, but she's separated from the base and she has to like walk, walk back to base by herself in her her sister is on the radio, or no, somebody's on the radio with her, but yeah. it suggested that uh, she was hearing her yeah. sister who had died, uh, you know, through that, so it was all in her head. And there's the one woman who was telling the story about everybody, like, in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I did, li- I like that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's always made me kind of concerned whenever I'm working outside now. I'm like, don't take your jacket off. You're going to sweat, and then you're going to die. <laughs> so, that kind of stuck with me. Yeah, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a ton. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, I I agree with you though that I think while they are men, <laughs> they are fairly realistic men. Yeah. I, also, I I actually was talking to Nick about this earlier, but I find that it's interesting to try and follow the political voice of the author because I don't think it's pretty obvious, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's good that you feel like each of the characters is their ideology and and what they think should have happened or could have happened had people been more on top of it mm-hmm. so i really liked that because it felt a little more yeah you know i i hadn't really thought about that until you mentioned it but it it's interesting because like if we were talking about you know a, a true life a non-fiction piece and you would then you would say that that shows you know the the journalistic integrity and it's like even though this is fictional he still kind of did that you know he still yeah. he still was telling what happened and not like commenting on what happened mm-hmm. so so i think for yeah. better or worse like that that's a really good through line to follow i don't i mean i wasn't always there there were times when i i found some of the stories not as compelling as the others sure. Uh, oh, yeah. which, I, which I think you're always going to find that when you when you have something that is like vignettes the way this is, um, but I think like the ones that hit hit really well. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked like the one the one about the the submarine, you know, mm-hmm. where they're like down there just being like, well, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, you know, like I could have. It kind of reminded me of um, that um, that uh, William Brinkley book, the the last ship, where it's like some mm-hmm. catastrophe has happened, and there's right. a, like a battleship that's out there, and it basically just sort of becomes its own mm-hmm. country. So, um, I really liked that one, and I was only disappointed that it that it was as short as it was. Like yeah. I wanted more. I could have read a whole book about like <laughs> this like stronghold in this submarine, yeah. just being like, what the heck do we do? Yeah. Because that was like it's very claustrophobic and, and interesting. I I wanted more from the space station. I think like I, I wanted that. I wanted a little bit more out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the 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 global scope that you get. Yeah. You know, you really you seeing you seeing all different sides. Yeah. Okay. Well, the audiobook <laughs> has kind of an interesting history. Yes. Because you okay, so you have an abridged audiobook. It's very abridged. It, it is. is like. Very disappointing. It's got a lot of bad reviews from people who've actually read the book because yeah. of how much they cut out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, well. It's what would you say? It's about a third. I, yeah, it seems like that. The the big the thing that made me excited was that he was getting like different celebrities and mm-hmm. voice actors to do the voices for the interviews. I thought that would be so cool. But then when you're cutting out 
all the books. Well, but that's that's since been. I think I think when the movie came out, they redid the audiobook and yeah. they and they got a full cast to record all of the scenes that were yeah. missing originally. So now there's like there's the original abridged version, mm-hmm. there's the complete uncut version, and then there's a supplemental version that includes all the things, just the things that were not in the original abridged yeah. audiobook. So it's a little confusing to follow. Yeah. The only caveat to the complete version is that within within the ones that were recorded <laughs> in the audiobook um, any references to other stories that didn't make it were cut out. Mm. And so the complete right. audiobook does not include those little sections that would mm. have been cut originally so because crazy. they didn't go back and re-record. Yeah. So it's a weird path. I maybe they just maybe they had a budget and they spent it all on the few celebrities they got and they couldn't get Yeah. But then but then you just get non-celebrity ones. I don't think I don't think at the time that people really were expecting this book to have the legs that it's had. That, maybe that, you know, uh, I mean it's uh, I don't know. Because I mean it is it is a it's a niche genre first <laughs> mm-hmm. of all and it's like very realistic uh, mm-hmm. like journalistic approach is also kind of niche and so I wouldn't be surprised if they were not expecting a broad um, audience for this and mm-hmm. so when they were doing the audiobook and he the author was able to call in some favors and get this great cast yeah. i'm sure they were just like yeah let's do it let's get some more yeah. cash out of this thing max brooks has done a few uh some voice acting yeah he played a uh, character in batman beyond did he really yeah interesting <clears throat> he plays like the school the kid who's trying to be cool but is more of a nerd yeah he's like everybody's part of my house yeah nobody comes i <laughs> do you find this book did you either of you did you guys find this book scary um, I found points of it. So largely, no. Mm-hmm. There are moments. So especially like the vignette with the, oh, they're like goodwill ambassadors um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to another country. And they go down into like where the, tren- the trench is. And they're like, oh, there should be a lot of dead bodies yes. here. Yeah. And then they realize that some of the bodies are moving. And that's like a very eerie scene. Yeah. So I found those sort of creepy, scary um but then I got bored to death with the war reports. Like, mm. any that were from a f- civilian point of view, I found intriguing and scary and creepy. And, like, I liked that you were trying to figure them out through the eyes of people that weren't informed about what was happening. But the war reports I found not scary at all and kind of tedious. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about, like, because there's the one where the soldier who was at that big battle... Uh, which I has always how about how like the soldiers didn't know what to do and they just get overrun and the guy in the helicopter tries to use the helicopter blades to take him down and just hits a car and crashes and it's just you know an absolute massacre. No, I'm talking more about the ones where it's like in South Korea we did this and we right. thought this was going to happen mm-hmm. but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we tried this, but as you know, this would not work. And I was right. like, okay, well, I've heard this now from like 20 different countries and they don't yeah. seem that. Mm-hmm. There were a few, yeah. Yeah. I, I like I like how it's uh, I mean doing it so doing it so it's like you you it's a retrospective of like this this zombie crisis doing it from a point of like that's in the past and like we're building kind of comes at it from a, an approach like a hopeful approach which I think was kind of a nice a nice way to like get into all of these because you're talking about things that happened afterwards and I like I don't remember which one it was but there was a sense one of the characters was talking about how like suddenly like from this they they knew their neighbors again like they had this sense of community they were you know they were more more connected as humanity than they had been before and even with that he had some cynicism that was like but it'll go back to the way it was before yeah you know isn't there a there's a sad piece at the end about how all the humpback whales are gone 
because all the zombies oh. floated in the water right. and ate up all the slow moving right. animals. Yeah. And he was just, he was yeah. real sad about it. I was yeah. Like, that is sad. Yeah. Um, I don't think I found the book necessarily like scary at all times, mm-hmm. but there were some stories that creeped me out. I do have a vivid memory of myself sitting down at the house I was in by myself in the living room with, uh, listening to like the postal service which isn't a scary album but there's a song on there called national national anthem that's mm-hmm. kind of like a uh the same kind of sounds over and over again okay. it has kind of a creepy vibe to it and with that while reading whatever story i was reading in this as soon as i was done with that story i'm like i'm going to bed mm-hmm. uh so there there were there were some stories every now and then i'm like i, I gotta go to bed yeah but <laughs> it was uh as general i think somebody who might shy away from horror uh, you can you can do this book yeah because like you said it's like reading war letters or you mm-hmm. know war interviews it's mm-hmm. almost like um, Ken Burns yeah, yeah zombie zombie apocalypse that's true um, there are some things that telling. I think like kind of stick with you like we we mentioned a bit the family like on their way up to Canada yeah and how just how unprepared they were yeah. to do that but like had to do it anyway and like that's I mean that's a very real fear yeah. you know so like mm-hmm. that that was kind of yeah. like upsetting in yeah. that way and but. like I said like back. Back then, when this book came out and when I read it, it was still it still felt very like novel to be doing this kind of stuff. Because really, outside of like, uh oh, George A. Romero, it was I had a hard time finding like quality, like you know, just just civilians on the ground mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, zombie stories. Yeah. So I mean, it was at a point where even I was like writing some of my own short ones just to get the kind of stuff but this this kind of stole my sh- my yeah, own yeah. short story thunder like darn it these are good so yeah it's i have a shelf on goodreads of favorite books yeah and this is in there on i think the I, I think it has a five star rating for me i haven't reread it in a long time but it's one that's on my list of books i want to read. well i mean your recall of it obviously shows that, yeah, that it was a, a book that had an impact me. on so, you so i if they make a sequel to the movie i would hope they um they use some more of the source material oh, yeah uh, I mean, they did have some stuff. I think the there was that bit in the movie where they talked about in North Korea they took out all the teeth yeah. of all the civilians, and I think there was something in the book yeah. about that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, I would like a little bit more than just kind of like the passing, uh, the passing mentions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for more of like a we'll see like a character go and interview people and then we'll see their stories right. happen. But maybe you know that, that's. Maybe not the most compelling structure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the movie made money enough yeah. that they're still considering a sequel right. all these years later and made a game about it all yeah. these years later. Yeah. So what do I know? Yeah. Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> oh, no. Halloween guy. Yeah. I'd like to hear, like, a radio drama of this. That'd be cool. So yeah. kind of a... Yeah, I mean, the abridged audio book is kind of like that. Yeah, you know, but because part of me wonders if, like, bringing in known celebrities would have the opposite effect you want mm-hmm. because... In the book, it reads very realistic. Mm-hmm. But if you're listening and you know it's Mark Hamill, right. do you lose an element of that realism? Yeah. So I, I, especially if he's doing the Joker voice. <laughs> yeah. I alternated with like I read the book oh. and then if the story was in the audiobook, I listened to not all of them but some mm-hmm. of them. And there was one with Alan Alda reading it, and I was kind of like, I. <laughs> what story this was Alan Alda? Working. Oh, I can't remember. Was he the little Japanese boy no, in uh, I Tokyo? <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, yeah, this is weird. This is weird that it's Alan Alda doing this, but, all right, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so if, if you're interested in the book, uh, you can join us for a book club on Halloween. We're going to be t- discussing this at 3.30 on October 31st, so still plenty of time to grab your book and come yep. in and join us. Sally won't be there, but, no. but Eric and I will Queen be. of Halloween has uh, her Halloween tour, Yeah, she has to go around. I just watched Downton Abbey, the, the movie, commoners. so I, yep. I know. Yeah, you understand. She has to go to different yep. providences and do her show. Oh. Heavy's the head that wears the pumpkin crown. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, well, Sally, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, keeping the tradition alive, even though you're not here in studio with us today. Of course. I would not miss it for the world. Good. You know, technically then you would say her spirit is here, which is very on point. That's for true. The ha- if, Absolutely. If you told somebody that on Halloween Sally's spirit was with you in the room, yeah. that would both scare them and be like, hey, yeah. all right, tracks. Yeah, yep, yep. And Sally would totally believe it. <laughs> yeah. I would. Okay. I would. You're right. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's going to put a pin in Halloween uh, Halloween Now 5. Yeah. Halloween Now 5. All right. Well, Sally, welcome again to STLS and best of luck. And we're looking forward to working with you all the time. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully next year when we record this for six. Yeah. 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 Is that when we get into like the kind of smart look back on the whole mm. Halloween Now series yeah. that you think would be the better end or yeah. are we still kind of in redundant territory? When is our when is our dream warriors? Jeez, I don't know. I'm going to have to I have to go back and do research now okay. and I have a great answer for all of this. When do we take Manhattan? <laughs> in the future Never. Eric will submit all of his bits in writing so that you have you have the correct answers. Join okay. us next year for Halloween Now H2O. I'm looking forward to the end of this bit. And look, look, I see it. There it is. All right. Thanks, Sally. We'll see you next year. Spooky. I know it was. It was. Yeah. She's a ghoul. <laughs> uh, always fun to have Sally on the mic, even if, even though she couldn't be here with us this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, library news. What do you got coming up? Uh, at the time of recording? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I. Uh, let's see. We are showing The Lion King, the mm. live action oh, remake. Oh. Listen, if you like it or you haven't seen it, you should come to the if library. If you're a fan of Gus Van Sant's uh, Shot for Shot remake of Psycho, check out this Shot for Shot remake of The Lion King. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's November 1st at 4.30 p.m. Psycho? here at the... No, Lion King. Oh, because the original is better. Teen Night every Wednesday at uh, 5.30 p.m. We have a... Uh, where'd you, Madame, uh, Madeline Rao? Is that how you say it? R-O-U-X? I think so. Madeline yeah. Rowe. Rue. Uh, Rue. Uh, her asylum, her first asylum book. We're doing a, teen, a YA book club. Uh, we have copies of that still. Uh, personally, this Friday, I'm going to get all four wisdom teeth out. Geez. I'm getting knocked out Yikes. and taking all my teeth out. And then I assume I wake up days later feeling yeah. 100%. Yeah. So mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've got a few things more to record yeah. between then. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just have no idea. Like, Best will I be able to record? Like, or will I just find like, I really like the maybe. Yeah. Are you doing this just so you don't have to come to see my play this weekend? That's I'm coming to see it Thursday. Ah. I'm seeing a dress rehearsal. Okay. So I'll be the uh, the in early for free. Yeah, I the get test. the Thursday midnight show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm seeing it, but uh, yeah, because Friday, Friday morning at like yeah. 9 a.m. Driving to driving there, and he was never seen again. Yeah. You should probably have someone else drive you. No. Oh, yeah, that just makes as sense. A, sure. Just as a suggestion. Well, if I can find somebody. Uh, well, the play is this weekend, so it's Write Me a Murder by Frederick Knott. Sponsored Write by Me a Murder! Yeah, yeah you're going to do the music? <laughs> so it's <laughs> sponsored by The Friend, so it's free of charge. It's a 7 o'clock show on Saturday the 26th, Ooh. and a 2 o'clock matinee on Sunday the 27th. So mm-hmm. I hope you can join us for that. The show's a lot of fun, so I hope you can join us this weekend. Now I'm going to go write me a other murder. You always... <laughs> what?! 
See you next time. (laughs) 